Here's Gourlami. Hey, welcome back to Who Watches the Watchers. This is Paul Damien. This is Ian. And this is Kenny. Uh, today we're actually going to be talking about fucking misery. Whoa. Yeah. Talk about miserable. Oh, yeah. We're continuing our uh, Kingsmas. That's our beautiful, right. beautiful uh, homage to Stephen King himself and all of his wonderful books that have been turned into even more wonderful or not so wonderful movies. <laughs> You could definitely say that. <laughs> um, it's interesting. Yeah, Kenny pointed out off podcast that not only are we doing King Miss, but we're also doing like pseudo Reiner Miss and <laughs> fucking Durabont Miss <laughs> <laughs> because we're doing two Rob Reiner Stephen King yeah. movies, which was Misery this week, and we're going to be spoiler, doing spoiler. Don't say it. Don't say it. Oh. Another one, maybe next week. <laughs> oh goodness, you almost <laughs> spoiled <some> it. <laughs> Don't look into Rob Reiner, Stephen King movies. Um, and then we're doing a few Frank Durenbont films. Yes, uh, which yeah. I think is pretty cool. I think that's neat that we kind of unintentionally seem to just pick two directors who obviously both love Stephen King and yeah. have done several movies based on his books. So yeah, that was like divine intervention. To that do you up like think? That. Do you? I wonder how much uh, I can't talk to these boys them- themselves because they're probably very hard to reach out to. But <laughs> Rob Reiner and Frank Durabont, how much do you think it was uh, success of the first movie versus actually a fan of Stephen King? You know what I mean? Interesting. I I, I feel like we'll get a better mm. understanding of that as we go on. Yeah. But um, at least with Misery by Rob Reiner. Uh, or directed by Rob yeah. Reiner, not necessarily by Rob Reiner. There's right. a lot of people that worked on this movie. Um, I feel like he did a pretty bang up job. I agree. Um, let's talk about Misery. It is. It has a brilliant runtime of hour thirty, maybe hour forty, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. And it came out in 1990. It's mm-hmm. starring James Caan and Kathy Bates, and also Richard Farnsworth, who. We might be seeing maybe come January. I really want to watch this movie, The Straight Story. No, oh, yeah. We were talking hmm. about that off cast a yeah. little bit, that he's got a strange uh, uh, other movie. David he, Lynch. Yeah, yeah. David Lynch film, where yeah. he apparently, what did you say? He rides a uh, a lawnmower to the other side of the country to see his dying brother. Only David Lynch. <laughs> And would do something like and that. And it's a Disney movie, so you that means it's wholesome. What's you know it called? what I mean? Lawnmower Man? Right? Gotcha. The, straight, the Straight Story. Came the out in story. 1999. It's an hour and 52 minutes long. Yeah. Got two oh. hours of lawnmower riding. I also Hell found yeah. out Have y'all that... ever done that? Our ass is going to be numb. <laughs> <laughs> I also found out that, did that, that, once a that week. poor man, Richard Farnsworth, he died yes. by committing suicide. Oh, really? Oh. The actor himself? He shot himself in the head. Oh, no. Yeah. I don't know the whole story October behind it. October 6, 2000. Yeah. He was 80 years old. I think he had uh, a precognition of uh, that fucking 9-11 shit. Yeah, maybe. 9-11 was a national tragedy. Why do you laugh why at that? Why do you laugh at that? Do you, I don't know why you're bringing it up. Because <laughs> it was. I, it, it was, but why bring it up now? We're talking about misery and Kathy why, Bates' it, amazing... Why are you laughing at that? It created a Patri- ton of misery for our country. <laughs> so I'm trying to bring bring this around back to misery. So that's actually, uh, talking about another deceased man, that's a Norm MacDonald joke. <laughs> he was in a podcast with Andy Dick and he was like, 9-11 was a national tra- tragedy. And Andy Dick was like laughing like, yeah, I was. And he was like, why do you laugh at that? <laughs> it's so good. Okay, anyways, Got let's talk about Misery. Donald. Yeah. So we're in Misery. We're back to another main character named fucking Paul. <laughs> Welcome to the Paul cast. My yeah. name is Paul. I'm, I'm joined by my two Pauls. I only I'm talk Paul. about Pauls. <laughs> yeah. I'm the main character, Paul. Yes. Um, Paul Sheldon. Yeah, he's a... A, a riot. He's a Stephen analog. King. He's a Stephen King yes. analog. Yeah, for sure. We see a lot of them in the books. Different versions of them, but uh, this one's, you know, a writer, so it's yes. got to be one of them. Mm-hmm. But, um, no, I'm, I, I read... No, I listened mm. to... A good chunk of this book about a month Ooh. ago. Oh, okay. And, I have it right there. And I just didn't break this one out this week yeah. like I did with uh, Green. With Green Mile. Um, in 
in preparation of this, because I knew we were doing the King Cast mm-hmm. come or King Miss. King Cast is an actual podcast, goddammit. <laughs> uh, I knew that we were doing King Miss, so I was like, I might as well try to read or listen to Misery or one of these books. Yeah. Um, I got a pretty good chunk in, and I was listening to it on an app called Libby. Okay. And this is going to sound like an ad. That's that's what Amber uses. Oh, really? Yeah, she loves it. Yeah, it's dope. So Are if, we on it? Uh, no. Because it's a library. I hate it. It's no, a library. I'm just kidding. So we, we, if you have a library card, some some libraries, oh, especially right. here locally, are it's very easy to get a library card. You can go in online. Yeah. Exactly. And so I got a library card and I started using Libby and I was listening to Misery off of it. Um, come to find out, we're watching this movie and there's a character named Libby in the movie. Oh, oh. weird parallel. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So uh, the. I guess he's the hotel manager oh, okay. of where uh, Sheldon usually stays, stays. Silver Creek Lodge, right? Yeah. yeah. And so his name was Libby. And I was wow. like, huh, weird. Too, too many parallels. Bro, you're so meta. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I didn't get to finish it. But from what I did listen to, uh-huh. it was almost Spot on. fucking identical to this movie, which is crazy. It There was a little bit of a change of events. Mm-hmm. Um but it was almost almost identical to this movie. One thing that I really, really love about the book, though, is that while he's Paul Sheldon is fading in and out of uh, consciousness, consciousness, he is. There's key words that suddenly jump you into the past tense or back into the present tense, or not necessarily tenses, but back into the past, mm-hmm. back into the present. And I fucking loved it. It was so cool getting to listen to it. I wish. I had the physical version so I could read it, but it's literally like where he just stops on a word and then he's like, he says that word again and then he's back in the past. And it's almost like, fuck. You know, it's just so brilliantly written that I'm like, damn, Stephen King, he is, um, a lot of people might call it schlock, but he still knows what he he's fucking doing. Yeah, and mm-hmm. he has creative ideas like yeah. that and, you know, knows how to play with time and, I mean, because... His, like I had mentioned in our Green Mile episode, is that he you know his books are rarely in chronological mm-hmm. order per se. You know, even you know like it, you get the full adult story directly next to the youthful story, so the chronological style is broken in that way. In the Green Mile, it was kind of jumping around all over the place. Yeah, and so I imagine I was wondering if Misery kind of has that same theme or if it more runs chronologically. But then that I feel like is him mm-hmm. still having that theme with himself, where he can so easily jump from now to the past however the fuck he wants to and in super creative ways yeah like someone fading in and out of consciousness and going from literally the one word to that word again but in a completely different context in a different time. it was it was that's it was, fucking incredible it was so impressive i, I love him frankly like <laughs> i've read it i've read you know i've read all these great books mm-hmm. and that technique was already like damn this is another level mm-hmm. that i i'd not seen in past and present or past and future books compared to misery's which when did misery come out let, let me look that up someone the want book. to yeah does anyone want to talk about how they felt about the movie well, did y'all like the movie overall like paul damien yeah no i really you never seen, none of us had ever seen this well, before I, right i saw it once when i was a kid but oh, okay I, I i barely remembered any of it um unfortunately i remembered the last maybe like 30 minutes of the movie um from when i was a kid but oh. it was just like kind of bits and pieces like gotcha. um um the part with Paul Sheldon's legs mm-hmm. and the basement scene. The, the hobbling is what yes. she calls it. Yeah, and then yeah. the basement scene. Do you watch Family Guy at all religiously? Kind of sort of. Not really? I mean, I've seen most of their episodes. Okay, because they have a whole misery yeah, episode, I know. and I would blame Family Guy for me knowing how this movie went so well oh. because of their notoriousness for doing perfectly perfect mm-hmm. renditions of the story and i can all i see is stewie breaking brian's legs <laughs> over <laughs> writing the wrong book yeah. and i thought it was so funny because literally that is how i like starting the movie i looked over at myra and i was like oh i'm pretty sure the the, the cop's gonna die i was like because the fucking family guy episode. i forgot about it dude. <laughs> he shoots joe and i forgot I, that he so died. i literally was super bummed that funny enough family guy ruined mm-hmm. misery for me it's interesting that you're, you're talking about all this and i don't know what the fuck you're talking yeah, about. it's not your <laughs> so, show so i guess joe dies in an episode well it's they're like fictional episodes oh. of like story and so it's literally a misery episode Oh. The episode is 
literally misery. Why and the fuck would they do that? They That's have, so weird. They have they a have bunch s- of them. They have several episodes where they're like talking about the past mm-hmm. and oh. it's really just like movies and they're in the movie. And they're like yeah. perfect renditions of the wow. movie though yeah. cut down into these little storylines. And I mean, it, it's a it's pretty spot on for you to go watch it. it. They get everything they need done in it. The hobbling. I mean, all of it is in this the episode. And so it's funny that I kind of knew all of the major beats yeah. of the film just kind of through that um so there was like a weird level of like humor that mm-hmm. i kind of had to this whole thing but dude i fucking love james con i don't yeah. know if either of y'all are god fans of the godfather but i always i've grew up on mm. the godfather as a movie i always bonded to sunny as a character funny enough i fucking always thought his death was one of the most impactful in a movie spoilers um yeah but, way uh, to go yeah, sorry guys. We're gonna do that for the podcast. <laughs> I've never seen Godfather. Well, you'll forget I said this. Maybe that's actually <laughs> no, not not actually. <laughs> but uh, I I really am so happy that James Con got to be like the front man for this because mm. I thought like his just ability to be like wild, kind of wild and angry in like a very Jack Nicholson kind of way, in my opinion, I think is suits him so well for this like deranged, like injured man who's having to like fight for survival, like a wild animal or something, you know? I think he is notoriously, well, it's hard to say now because I feel like he, I read a lot of trivia for this movie, but mm-hmm. he... Why you do that? By some people, he's notoriously an asshole. That makes sense. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, but in this movie, uh, during filming of this movie, apparently there was a day where he came in hungover. Badass. And all of the footage wasn't usable. And so Rob Reiner told him, like, oh, there was an accident at the lab. <laughs> and so when James Conn found out there was no fucking such thing as a movie lab, he offered to try and pay for the day's work. Like, to try oh, and pay cool. for the crew. He and felt bad. Like yeah. So, uh, the, anyway, go on. Well, what I wanted to talk about because we're kind of just skimming over it Mm -hmm. but the um the acting in in general like there's such a small cast in this movie i got got four names up there yeah no exactly but those are the main ones you got kathy bates as annie wilkes uh james con like you said as paul sheldon and then richard farnsworth as the cop buster and they virginia's his wife (laughs) okay yeah (laughs) but they but those three characters are the main characters Mm -hmm. you know those are the ones it follows and well, there's also the they, I guess the book publisher. Yeah, there's the publisher and Libby, you know, or other yeah. examples of some. But those but, are the main characters, yeah. right. and and honestly, they you can tell that when they're making the movie, they were just like, okay, we only really need to get three good actors. Mm-hmm. That's all that matters, and we can make this movie work. And that's what they did. And the acting is fucking phenomenal because they agree. they really focused on those three characters. You I'd, know? Argue, I'd argue four good actors because I really did love. Oh yes. yeah, I really <laughs> she, I, she was good. I thought yes. they were a perfect team, and that's what makes his death at the end so heartbreaking is that mm-hmm. they do a great job of building them up as like that imperfect couple who's mm-hmm. kind of like always at each other but you know it's all through and in all honesty love. as soon as he dies the first thing i thought of was his wife mm-hmm. so, exactly yeah poor old lady mm-hmm. poor old lady poor virginia poor buster <laughs> poor buster oh, buster so douglas i was but heartbroken oh, but i love i literally fucking love the scene so much where they're like driving in the truck and she like puts his, her hand on his leg and he's like grabs it and puts it back on the wound. He's like, when you're driving this vehicle, you're my deputy, not my wife. <laughs> She's like, well, your deputy wants to be in bed with her sheriff right now. <laughs> I just love their their banter so much. That yeah. was something that I really enjoyed a lot in this film uh, and didn't expect, you know, for all the things I did know were in this, that mm-hmm. wasn't something I knew and uh, really, really enjoyed a whole lot having the just the cute old couple who are like the entire law enforcement of this area. And yeah. he's like the head of so many things. <laughs> Like he says it in the phone call, he's like, she she has to speak to like the head of police, and he's like, that's me. I'm also this, 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 and that. Uh, where is this? Colorado, 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 mm. Silver okay. Creek. So we'll guess Silver Creek, Colorado. Huh? <laughs> that's where it's at. Yeah. Um, I think they do say at some point, but it's it's not, not worth. Important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the there is the idea of misery, the mm-hmm. novels, misery. Mm-hmm. Um, nine books, the ninth being Misery's Child. Mm-hmm. Um, it looked like way more books on her shrine thing. It well, looked like he 15 has, books. For every book, I think he says it in the book, Misery. For every book he gives to Misery, he has to take one for himself. Yeah. So I think he has double the amount of books, technically. 
because he writes about other stuff that isn't misery. Yeah, and but misery mm. is like his Harry Potter. It's like mm-hmm. the it's his gravy train where he does have more projects that are close to his like personal mm-hmm. desires yeah. but aren't paying the bills, you know. Right. Exactly. Um I love this idea because it's it's literally Stephen King probably sitting at home just being like What's the most terrifying thing I can think of? <laughs> what's, what's the, what's most the worst thing that could happen to me? It's like being cornholed into one genre. <laughs> <laughs> True. So he has to write horror for the rest of his life <laughs> until he finally writes detective stories in 2020. Right? Um, there we are. <laughs> no, yeah, you're right, Paul Damien. But yeah, no, he his idea was that what if I met a fan that was just way too fucking goo goo gaga. Mm-hmm. One that was way too fucking crazy for me. Because you know they're out there. Yeah, for sure. But the idea to even layer on top of, well, it has to be a series of books. It has to be a character that she's grown so they've grown mm. so attached to that they they're willing to murder you for taking them away from them. You know, it reminds me of <laughs> oh my god, uh, yeah, go VC on. Andrews who wrote the Flowers in the Attic and okay. stuff like that, where she kind of just had to write, keep writing this chronicle of these these poor little kids that mm-hmm. were trapped, you know, and so she wrote like seven books of them, and then she was like, well, what do I do now? And she's like. I guess I'll do it again. And so she just, her whole career is just sad children or sad people, like having to live with these terrible, terrible things. And that was her whole genre. And so it's like, fuck. I mean, I can't imagine doing that because I don't think besides Fantastic Beasts, what has J.K. Rowling written since Harry Potter, you know? Uh, she has a book about a pig. And what? Are you I'm being... not even joking. It's The Christmas Pig. That's oh. what it's called. That's her new book out right now. It- Go check it out. And arguably, Fantastic Beasts is just Harry Potter. Yeah, well, because it's the same fucking yeah, shit again. Exactly. Yeah. But I, I swear to God, that's a real thing. What, Fantastic Beasts? <laughs> no, the Chris Pratt pig. <laughs> the Chris Pratt pig. The Chris the Pratt, Pratt pig. Uh, crisp, crispy bacon. Yeah. Oh, God. He's going to be Spider Pig. Who? Um, Chris Pratt? Yeah. Watch. John Mulaney is already Spider Pig. Yeah. Oh, they're gonna kick him out for Chris Pratt. <laughs> he was, they're, they're, like, they're giving that guy everything. They're like, dude, he's now. Mario. <laughs> he's so good as Mario. He gotta be the pig now. <laughs> like, um, that hasn't even come out. <laughs> we'll just have a second pig. They just have two of them on screen. <laughs> Different universes. <laughs> he's uh, Spider Ham, but with the Venom symbiote. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, way to talk about comic books on our yeah, Stephen right? King podcast. <laughs> We're talking about the movies. movies. Yeah. Uh, but no, yeah, Misery. Uh, this is the, the, the fact that there is those books within this universe and that Paul Sheldon fucking hates it, it is mm-hmm. so good to me. That's, that's the perfect kind of um, character to write into this horrifying, like this specific hell. This situation. Yeah. Um, and fucking bravo to fucking kathy bates for being Dude, annie wilkes because phenomenal. i am i'm curious to see anybody who have ever tried to do it better um because holy shit yeah she is the character while listening to the book i can't imagine any other human face to fit to annie wilkes well and so that's an interesting thing is that i've actually watched hulu's castle rock oh um, oh yeah i don't know if either of y'all have but then, I haven't read. I haven't seen the second season. Well, and it's all about Annie Wilkes, played uh, by Lizzie, Lizzie Kaplan, Kaplan, and she fucking does the best Kathy Bates impression I could have ever imagined. Wow. Me coming out of this Is misery, it like a young. Yeah, she's Annie like Wilkes? it's like her story coming into how she ended up cool. here, basically. Which wow. they did, I will say, retcon a little bit because in the movie it essentially insinuates that she was killing children, killing babies. Yeah, in the she hospital. was killing babies in the hospital, and they make it like adult men. That oh, she, well, you know, like adults is instead. I think, I think she killed adults before, like she had killed a few men before yeah, it, the hospital thing. Yeah. Um, so there's, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, a, yeah, there's a whole did. other element that's a little bit different too. Okay. She has like a daughter and stuff, but, um, um hmm. so it, it but it's child. Exactly. Misery's <laughs> child. Um, but it does, the whole thing does end with her finding the first misery book like her oh, like discovering that's fucking dope. misery is like how they kind of decided to end so is, that interesting is the second season worth it because i, I know think that, so in a oh, way because uh, i know that we were watching the first one at mm-hmm. the same time no i really thought lizzie kaplan did an amazing job as annie wilkes it gets pretty stephen king like pretty crazy but so did the first season if yeah. i recall you know what i mean so it gets crazy but it, i definitely enjoyed her performance as the character from what you remember do you think the second season is better than the first season no no i remember because i was by the time the first season's done i'm kind of like oh 
I didn't need to watch a fucking second of this. Okay, I'll, how about this? It's a more finished thing than the first season is, where the first season left you with all these open-ended things. That mm-hmm. I, It's been a while since I've watched that, but I remember it being a little more open-ended, like, ooh, yeah. where did this, is? what happened with this? You know, uh, the second season is has somewhere to get mm. to, so it definitely ends on a much more uh, solid, Finitive. yeah, fitted, yeah, definitive so, ending. Do you think, because, like, do you think they shied away from her being a baby killer in the show because like that's going to be more frowned upon than her just killing some <laughs> Yeah, dude. they you have to she, you have to be on her side. Yeah, you have oh, to kind of like yeah. yeah, she's the main character so I that's what I was going to say is yeah, I think they did that just because if she was killing babies there'd be uh, it's completely unforgivable. Yeah, everybody's be like, "Nah, fuck that bitch, kill her." Mm-hmm. But then but then people will be watching to see her die or something even though you know that's not going to happen. Exactly. Do you guys watch you? No, bro. Okay. I was just wondering. I watch you. Uh, oh. I'm watching you right now. I was just wondering, like, if you guys knew anything about it. Because I don't know anything about that. I, I know pretty much everything about it because Amber watches it. I mean, I know that Ashley watches so. it and she tells me occasionally little things about it. But at the same time, like, every time she talks about it and she wants the main guy to die, I'm like, why do you keep fucking watching it? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think that shows kind of like 13 Reasons Why. And it's one of those that the premise was just nothing that ever needed to actually be put to screen. Oh. Ever. You know, I don't know. It's I just, mean, you could say that about a lot of Stephen King books. I, I could argue, like Cujo. Yeah, like Cujo. no one wants to know. It's or like Christine, or Pet Cemetery, or or Pet Cemetery. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. I, yeah, you know what I think, but it's it's crazy to think about all his so many of his stories and how personal they are to mm-hmm. him. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. how they have obviously are written from a place of his own horrors kind of like we were saying about misery and how yeah. this is obviously him literally thinking like what's a really fucked up thing that could happen to yeah. me specifically and here we land you know yeah uh, i mean there could be dark tower fanatics that you're like why the gunsman do that the gunslinger or whatever the, fuck <laughs> the, gun, name is. the gun dude yeah <laughs> bullet dude uh, doom slayer <laughs> you, you should you should bleep out me saying there. okay oh <laughs> Um, I would have believed that one too. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah exactly. That's the point. That's what I'm saying. Um, no, but uh, yeah. To go so, back to Kathy Bates and Wilkes, sure. Though, yeah. Um, I, I just think that uh, the performance is fucking what obviously drives this movie home even more than James Caan, even more than fucking Richard uh, Farnsworth. She was like the fucking key that unlocked mm-hmm. the win- the the door that is the fantastic mix that kind of is this movie. Um, I liked it more than I thought I was going to, is oh, something I would yeah. say. I thought I was going to think this movie was all right at best, and I ended up really enjoying it. Um, what I'm starting to learn with this podcast from not watching all these iconic movies yeah. is that most of them are iconic really for good. a reason. <laughs> Yeah, um, that's fair. So she won. Kathy Bates won an Emmy, or not, not an Oscar. Oscar for this performance. Which is, how often do you fucking see that anymore? She won her husband Oscar. Yeah, he <laughs> fell in love with her the day he saw this movie. <laughs> Oscar Wilkes. Interestingly enough, he was named after the character Oscar <laughs> Wilkes De La Hoya. Oscar Bates. <laughs> Oscar. He was very progressive. He took yeah. her last name. Yes. <laughs> anyway, dang, she won the Oscar for Best Actress? Yeah, for Best, I think, Supporting Actress. Best Spooky. Oh, they called her. I guess she would be the support. I yeah. would assume she's the support because I think primarily we see James, James Caan. Yeah, because we're following scenes. him. Yeah. yeah. So um, well, that's amazing. For, even for a horror film like this, it's incredible thing. for it to get an Oscar. That's your why. Gonna... Why we not get horror recognition? Would you say anymore? this is a horror film? I would say it's more of a suspenseful thriller. So that's the thing. I think at the time it was definitely horror. Okay. I think if it was made today, it would either have to be much darker to or be considered bloodier. horror. No, not even like in tone. Like literally darker to be considered <laughs> Like where you just horror. can't see shit. Yeah. Yes. Like and they, loud, there's not enough loud fucking noises. Like she only owned three light bulbs <laughs> in the entire house. <laughs> <laughs> this is the one where I read my book under? <laughs> Actually, they, she doesn't have power. It's all fireplaces. <laughs> Dude, she has like, four fireplaces. Not even, not even candles. She doesn't have candles. She has fireplaces. There's somehow one in every single room, but that's all this lighting. This, this is my hallway fireplace <laughs> this is my kitchen fireplace I'd, but um yeah no i mean this if this movie was made today with its color palette with mm-hmm. its lighting it would be a suspenseful thriller yeah. for sure people would dog on it as not being horror you yeah, know for sure 
Um, but you know, Kathy Bates does a fucking bang up job. You know Amazing. who else does a fucking bang up job in this movie? Hmm. Other than one scene that I won't get to just yet, but the fucking makeup department <laughs> on his legs. I yes. think I know what you're talking about. Which scene you're talking about? But yeah, yeah. yeah. So his okay. legs look horrifying fuck dude when they show him i was like uh this movie made me look away a <laughs> they few did a times. really good job like i managed i managed to look at the thing the entire time but this movie made actually you, made me have yeah. to look away and it's because it's so real you know yeah. it's something that could very easily be something you look down on yourself one day if you were unfortunate enough but also god damn what did that fucking how did he wreck that car that it just like annihilated his fucking legs like that uh, the engine and the door had to have caved in. Yeah. Like, uh, frankly. And by the way, since you said car, it's a 65 Mustang, okay? <laughs> That's one of the my favorite Mustangs. My favorite cars. <laughs> yeah. I don't even like Mustangs, but that's one of my favorite cars. That's, that's one of my favorite Mustangs. It had been a full metal sure. body. I feel like he wouldn't have been, his legs wouldn't have gotten so crushed. I guess they're not even that. I, she only says he has a few fractures, too, but yet those things are fucking puff boys, man. Yeah. I mean, another well, I mean, thing. Yeah. She's a great nurse. Oh, she and she's hella fucking strong. You saw her pick Dude, him up yeah. in the book. It talks about how she he knows just by visually seeing her that she's unbelievably Ripped. strong. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. And somehow I feel like Kathy Bates still carries that aura, even though mm-hmm. she's obviously not like a bodybuilder or yeah. ripped or anything. To look at her and like the her demeanor, it's like that woman probably would be like way stronger than you expect her to. And she's obviously living out in the country with yeah. the boonies by herself, you know, hacking wood and surviving. So. She's got to be a. She got. She got to be a tough broad. Yeah. Uh, let's take a quick break, uh, and when we come back, we'll finish talking about misery. Break like the way uh, Annie Wilkes broke Paul Sheldon's legs. <sighs> Spoilers. Okay, so I have another ad that I need to read here. Hold on one second. Let me find some music. Okay. Okay. Um, so the ad says. We would like to welcome you back to the wizarding world of Harry Potter with the release of Harry Potter and the Secret of Gringlegorf's Magic Toolbox. In this all-new story, we see all our favorite characters return, including Harry Potter, Ron Weasel, I think that's a typo, and Fergie, (laughs) as well as new additions to the wizard world like Goofius Glade and Lord Snapple Doofier. Uh, we also see a new side of the world of Hagler Potter when our characters are scooted off to the mystical lands of southern Florida, where all sorts of unknown unknown dangers lurk. This all-new sopping wet adventure (laughs) is sure to scare the shit out of you (laughs) in theaters January 7th. Uh... This looks like a real ad from Warner Bros. Media Corp. Wow. Okay, Media Group. All right. Well, thank you guys. That that's uh, that's yeah. the ads for today. Thank you all for uh, letting us be Harry Potter. Dang, it's yeah. a good. We got Warner Bros. That's they're crazy. going crazy. Yeah. <laughs> all those Harry Potters coming out these days. I'm glad they're rebooting. Or I don't know. I don't know if it's a reboot, but it's yeah. a I'm re. Glad... It's a rescoot. It's a re. Yeah, yeah. they're scooting them. Yeah, because first they scooted over to Hogwarts. <laughs> yeah. Now they're scooting over to Southern Florida. It was like Harry Potter and Shrek's treasure box or yeah, something it was, i i can pull up the email again but it's something yeah, like that that's it, crazy go see it january 7th okay um <laughs> so misery uh let's get back into it um yeah. we talked a lot about how brilliant kathy bates is yeah. in this movie and frankly truly she is it's almost like a uh, proto james mcavoy split <laughs> yeah that's actually true <laughs> You guys are still laughing. God damn it. <laughs> Go see it January 7th. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I hate you. <laughs> Go see it, bro. Okay. Yeah, Any- but no, that's so true because we get such a wild a range of personalities that come mm-hmm. out of her and it's not even just like nice Annie Wilkes and wild Annie Wilkes there's like some weird in-betweens that we get we get depressed Annie Wilkes yeah you know? like for there's sure. just so just obviously the rain makes me sad yeah there's like so many versions of her we kind of get throughout this movie it's really hard to know who you're going to get it in any moment and how easily it's going to be to set her off you know and I think that's something that they did such a good job doing throughout this film is yeah. like you even as the audience not totally knowing what, what is, is going to yeah. completely set her off or not. And then basically 
every time James Car you know Paul talks, I'm kind of like, why, why even talk? Like, why even say anything? Why even risk setting her off? Like, I just oh my talk. god, I'll just be exactly. Quiet. I don't know. And the, that was my whole thing. Is like, if put in this situation, I was like, just write the book. Like, why fight with her? Just write something so yeah. that she'll potentially let you go at the end of all. Do of you this, think you know? Uh, well, because there's a lot of implication that she's not. She would never mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think she would just ask him? She would. He would be captive forever, and he would just have to write book after book after book. But then how would they get? I think so. published? I think he would, she doesn't want wouldn't. them. Published. Well, yeah, well, that's I, true. Well, hold on, because mm-hmm. she talks about this whole situation. Yeah. She says, "God has me here to be His replacement." Oh. And so she's going oh, to publish the books right. under her, her own name. name, being like, "I I continue like him, yeah, because I'm his number one fan. I know exactly how he I would did. write the next. That's book. right. She I does give all of that, that explanation to Buster. I thought that was just a fucking excuse to get know? out of jail free with Buster. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a brilliant thing for her to just do. Being <laughs> like, oh, he died in a car accident, and so I am continuing his legacy. But that's even more implied before before that before she even mentions that really when he's going through her memory lane scrapbook Mm -hmm. and it's showing all the past like murders and stuff Mm -hmm. like the head student um died oh now there's a new head student it's annie wilkes uh the head physician died now she's the new head physician you know so that's what keeps happening their place Mm -hmm. jesus that's crazy because it really does feel genuine her Mm -hmm. love for paul sheldon i mean and Mm -hmm. and it like the split personality yeah. is probably true it rings or true. probably accurate within her head. I wanted to talk about one thing, which is that we don't get a diagnosis for her uh, mental disability. Mm-hmm. And I like that. I would rather that when it comes to stuff like this with like split personalities and stuff like that. It could have been just as easily for them in that memoir to be like Annie Wilkes bipolar or something. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Well, it, but it, especially because I think split gave James McAvoy's character a definitive mm-hmm. uh, mental disability and it D-I-D. counteracts with how some of he how he acts or mm-hmm. how his character is written in the movie. At least that's what I heard. There was some backlash about yeah. that. You know and so, I would probably be mad if somebody made a video and was like, Annie Wilkes has this, this, and that. <laughs> I'd be like, fuck you. Yeah. You don't know shit. You didn't Go get to back talk to, to her. school, you motherfucker. <laughs> First of all, she's fake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, so, like, even if I but, said that, that would be like, well, then why am I even arguing? But, that, but that's a good call. I mean, even though I feel like this movie came out in a time before people got a little that controversial mm-hmm. about things mm-hmm. like that in film, it does stop this movie from having that controversy now where it's mm-hmm. like, you know, it says she's bipolar and that's not how bipolar people act or something. Right. It yeah. leaves it open-ended to where she could have a slew of mental conditions that are causing or her to she's be this just, way. Like or Paul she, Damien yeah. like noted that she's just killing off whoever she wants to be and she's just a sycophant. Yeah. No, that's, she's not, a sociopath. that's not a real word. That's yeah. not the word for that. She's <laughs> I don't know what a sycophant is. <laughs> You're making up words over there, man. <laughs> Um, but no, yeah, I, I All really, words are made up. I really like that. Uh, that's so true. All languages. Amen. Let's get controversial. All religions. Yeah, <laughs> everything. Everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're not even real. Oh, shit. We're not even solid. We're we're pure energy. Yeah. You're ugly. You're disgusting. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, for all we know, she's a demon, you know? I'm a demon. There you go. That's Kathy Bates <laughs> in this movie, you know? You're an alcoholic. I love that throughout the movie, you constantly constantly see uh paul sheldon lifting up the typewriter and i'm like the entire time i was like oh i guess he's just doing exercise because i didn't remember everything and the entire time i'm just like he's doing exercises Mm -hmm. the first time he lifts it i'm like why the because it fades out from that scene i'm like why the fuck did he start lifting it right there and he lifts it like in a funny way like it's it's too heavy real heavy because he's starting to work out yeah but it almost looks like just a normal workout Mm -hmm. but at the same time it does look like he's just Getting ready to yeah. Yeah, bonk, s- slam it on some. Yeah, <laughs> give give him a good bonk on the head. Oh, I was hoping that was a bonk. But yeah, sound. it's like good the job. best thing he has to like rework yeah. out his injured arm. Yeah. But also, exactly, it's kind of like the perfect weapon for him to finally get to use. And that's yeah. why he hides it from her. He like puts it down really quick. Go ahead and pantomime hitting Paul Damien in the head with a. Oh, oh fuck! <laughs> Dang. Um, the only thing that really drove me nuts in this movie was the fucking lock picking, which oh. is just. Oh outrageous old school locks man it's yeah. an old house old locks. i guess that's fair enough old days, like, there's 
dude, there is an excruciating amount of detail on how he learned how to rock lockpick and the type of lock that's in that door. In the book? Yes. Okay, because literally in the movie, he just goes, well, I wrote about it, so I should be able to do it. And I was like, that's rough. Because <laughs> he talks about in one of his books, he wrote a thief character. And so he literally went Intricately. out and, and learned it from a, a locksmith or a guy, a lockpicking like, gotcha. master or something like that. A lockpicking lawyer. See, and so that's something I they maybe should have just given like that extra... Yeah, minute of dialogue in my opinion because I just was like what would he say to himself though like remember that time when I was training with John (laughs) Crobat or whatever his name is John (laughs) Crobat and he taught me all those lock picking skills I can do this right now yeah but no they could have was that a line in the movie no oh (laughs) I was like that was good yeah (laughs) I liked it you know but they could have done that yeah, yeah for you know sure i mean like a little bit more of a throwaway line to just give it more like re- re- believability because yeah. I, it's hard to pick a lock guys i've tried even in, i mean a, a, like a simpler like lock like something like this and it's easier to just take the entire door handle apart i'm pretty sure stephen king reached out to a dude and then wrote it into his own book That's because badass. he wanted to learn how to do it for this character who yeah. would have learned how to do it for another character in their book what, what talk talk about a method writer yeah. you know <laughs> It's funny because I don't use uh, a lockpick or a locksmith. Mm-hmm. I uh, have okay. a multi-tool. Oh. Yeah. So I just like, cut the cut around the yeah, door handle. You have a little tiny lightsaber that, the size actually, of a butter yeah, knife? It's a butter <laughs> Futurama. Exactly. <laughs> uh, we're talking about misery? Oh, yeah. Futurama. Um, uh, <laughs> no, but Paul Sheldon. I wanted to talk about James Conn. Yeah. He does a fucking great job. He Great job. Great job. Great job. Um he I, I love him in this in this movie because he's able to obviously sometimes let his accident like his anger accidentally come out, but also he knows how to talk with her and like coax her and like direct her kind of and like persuade her, you know? And I really love that about his character in this in this movie because it's almost like, yeah, that's what you have to do. He's yeah, very obviously kind of. an intelligent man. Yeah. yeah. He like learns to survive instead of just pushing her to the edge of murdering him you know way earlier on than she possibly <laughs> does because exactly he could have just refused to do the book and she probably would have just killed him and then wrote it herself yeah like we talked about earlier so <laughs> uh it's definitely and i wonder is that i i have to imagine that's even written more into the book on at least his uh i ideology of like i have to work with this woman or she's gonna fucking kill yeah. me you know from what i remember because like the the book how far i got into the book we mm-hmm. never were introduced to almost any other characters besides the two of them and there was even a good section of one of the chapters where we get um like the first chapter of misery's return or oh. misery's what, oh. it, what is it you called? actually get to read a little bit of the book yeah itself. and so you're like actually reading the book That's and i cool. was like oh shit this book is fucking dope like to stack on top of the the disillusioned like unconsciousness so it was bookception yeah. it was yeah. you're reading a book within a book fuck yeah <laughs> um you do that in watchmen i'm just kidding mm-hmm. uh but yeah, now i want to figure out the name of the book what was it was misery's return misery's like re- uh, resurrection oh, oh one that he writes misery reloaded reloaded <laughs> misery revolution <laughs> Remixed. Misery remixed. remixed. Um, No, but yeah, so in in the book, he writes Annie Wilkes as the nanny who's taking care of Misery's child. But in the movie, he writes her as what? What The grave digger. The grave grave digger. digger. That's so good. (laughs) That's fucking good. And that's like, that's what her character would be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) For sure. Um, But yeah, no, uh, this... This whole dynamic between these two characters is so great to watch because it this movie does not feel like an hour and thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even feel like it, it. It it's so easy to consume. It flies by. Yeah. yeah, and I loved every minute of it. And I was kind of sad to see it end, frankly, mm-hmm. like when it was coming down to the mm-hmm. actual ending. Um, how it, did you guys feel about like some of these meteor parts where? Yeah, what were you going to say? Well, like the hobbling part. So you're kind of talking about like where basically she keeps losing her mind and doing more and more fucked up shit. (laughs) Well, I liked the dynamic that she forces him to burn his original book Mm -hmm. and then to fucking get back at her ass. Mm -hmm. He literally is like, I got it. Let's her read it chapter by chapter as he's going along. And then when he's finally like, it's done, it's all here. He fucking burns the entire thing in front of her. I thought that was 
gorgeous writing. You know what I mean? That's like that perfect. That's that perfect level of vengeance um, that you want to like karma. Yeah, and karma that you wanted to get in that moment. And it's just so fucked that it's like instantly mm-hmm. flips back over and gets the instant double karma. And she fucking ties his ass to the bed and fucking wrecks his legs, which is a fucking nightmare. <laughs> yeah. And that movie, that that scene alone is why I'll probably not watch this movie for a long time ever again because that's <laughs> it's, that's genuinely it's, fucking horrifying. It's incredible the way that they pull that off. Mm-hmm. In, com- in in comparison to the bad scene, yeah, the bad little clip that we'll talk about. <laughs> so when I was younger, um, I, I told y'all earlier that I barely remembered this movie from when I was little, but when I was younger. I very vividly remember, remember that. seeing that scene, the cobbling part, mm-hmm. where she breaks his fucking legs. Because they lead up to it so much yeah, where you know it's... Dude, the way she talks about it, and she's like, you know, the way they made them, made sure that nobody could get away. They could still work, is, but they yeah, couldn't run. But they couldn't run. They broke their ankles. And I was like, fuck this bitch. Fuck this. And then just just reliving that <laughs> watching it um a few days ago it was kind of like oh shit i remember why i didn't want to rewatch this movie yeah like growing up i had always had this movie in the back of my mind like i i should watch that movie but i just remember that scene and i was like i don't want to watch it <laughs> and, give so. the, and give the fucking con man an oscar for those fucking screams of yeah. agony because oh, holy God, i wish shit. i grabbed him <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine if i just had the you know what? let's watch it yeah Let's uh, watch what is it called? Oh, the cobbling? No. Hobbling. The hobbling. hobbling. The hobbling. It's, it's, it's clobbering time. It's hobbling time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. She's the hobble goblin. The hobbling. Like uh, <laughs> and then it's called Misery. misery. Let's watch it. Yep. Oh, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I'm taking my headphones off. Okay, uh, can we can we not uh, play that? Because add. Making dad's I guess you can always cut around it. Yeah, he's gonna. It's gonna be no, this great. Is <laughs> no. Full screen. Volume, I don't want, no. Can you guys see this? No. I hope don't everybody on the podcast the can screen. see this. screen. I don't want to see it. Let's watch it. I James can't do it again. This is the it. cobbling scene, like, guys. Ah! To put your headphones on. Why are you bullying me right now? Dude, and this part really made me mad because I was like, this motherfucker really waited for him to wake up <laughs> so, she <laughs> to drug him. so she could drug him to go back to sleep. <laughs> she was like, oh, you're awake now. Ha ha. Go to sleep. Yeah. Your sleep is my fault. Honestly. <laughs> I think we should do an episode where we watch a movie. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh. Hmm? Hmm? I know you've been out. I hate you right now. You have to watch it. You're not even watching it, you cheater. I'm watching it. You've been so out of your room. At this part... Cheater Peter over there. <laughs> at this part, how did y'all think she knew? My little ceramic penguin. Oh, the penguin. Study, you, yeah. That's what, okay. yeah, that penguin was... She's a psychopath. Yeah. She's obsessed with shit like that. Honestly, that worries about. me because I feel like I would have remembered something like that. I would have been like, somebody turn my fucking penguin around. <laughs> God, when she pulls out the knife, I know it's you like, oh, yeah. you're fucked, son. First, I couldn't figure out how you did it. But last night... I'm glad we're watching this. Yeah, dude. Key. I'm not. Uh, oh yeah, and when she said last night I found your key, he kept that in his no, pants. My scrapbook out. So yeah, she she just moron. went through. Imagine what you might oh, I'm sure she. I'm sure they've banged, and he doesn't Paul, know it. Okay. Oh yeah, probably. Night, so clear. I realize you just need more time. Eventually, you'll come the to accept the idea of being here. Right. I hate that they put this fucking. The, Paul, what is it? The Moonlight. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Do you know what they did to the native workers who stole diamonds? The Moonlight Frank Sinatra. Don't worry, they didn't them. Sonata. That would be like junking a Mercedes just because it had a broken spring. No, if they caught them, they had to make sure they could go on working. But they also had to make sure they could never run away. The operation was called hobbling. Watch. (laughs) Fuck, man. Watch it. You watch Uh, it. I'm watching. No, you know what? Just because you're trying to force me, I repeat. (laughs) No, put him on. Put him on. I need this for the podcast. No, one on. (laughs) Put him on. He's like begging. I need this for the podcast. Please don't do it. (laughs) I'm gonna cry. He's begging. I'm taking my glasses (laughs) off. Put him on. Put your glasses on. Watch this. No. 
Watch. Uh-oh. Oh. oh, dude. I, I'm happy they don't show the second one. <laughs> Thank you for not having it too loud. God, I love you. Oh, God. <laughs> Fuck that, dude. <laughs> I should have gotten that button. Crazy. God, I love you. So. Oh, my God. But Kathy Bates you. does love me. She said it several times in the movie, I love you, Paul. Oh it's God. true. She does love you, Paul. Everybody loves me. I'm so fly. <laughs> uh, this movie's dope. M- movie's Son very good. Bitch. Um, it and it, it we have to lend it up to to King mm-hmm. because it's only the fact that he was able to think up this. I mean, and it's and it's probably a recurring nightmare for a lot of people, like yeah. being kidnapped by. Because like once that's in the the like the stratosphere of being known and popular that you have obsessive fans, you have people that stalk you. That's a nightmare. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. And I think it's incredible that he can literally, you know, it's like even the Stephen King stuff that doesn't have the Stephen Kingy elements. Like, you know, we obviously went off the green mile that has such mystical elements, mm-hmm. like the shine showing mm-hmm. up in it. You know, it's, this is such a more down to earth, real life scenario. And yet it's still so fucking good, which shows he can play both sides of the horror. You know, yeah. he can write something, you know, epic, like mystically horrifying or very realistically horrifying and pretty close to each other, you know? Yeah. It's, so. it's incredible. I, I love it. Um, before we get to the ratings, I want to talk about a couple of things. Um, Stephen King loved Kathy Bates' performance in this movie so much that he went on they to got write. <laughs> Stephen Bates. <gasps> I'm sorry. Go ahead. Kathy King. Um, <laughs> no, he went on to write a book called Dolores Claiborne, who he had for her in mind, and then it got made into a movie with her. Right. With her. That's right. I knew that. Yeah. That was nice. a fun which fact. Is, I didn't know. Which is pretty incredible. I think. Um, there was something else I wanted to talk about, but. It's gone. It's gone from my head. Well, the only other thing I wanted to say was I loved the cop Buster so much. And this is another thing that I remembered when I was little um, was that watching this, I remember there being a cop dying, but I didn't remember who it was. So when I was rewatching it, I was like, fuck, I really hope buster doesn't die you hope he has like i a, hope yeah the entire time i was like, like a state trooper that yeah, shows up, i was yeah. like i was like he's gonna send somebody else there's somebody else and they just kept hammering in the point that it's him and his wife yeah they're the only ones he and does, so when it happens uh, i was like fuck you i was so mad but i love that but, they so easily could have also written him as like the kind of like ignorant air you know sheriff of the like area he yeah. who is not particularly good at his job he's just been it forever you know he's hella good exactly he's he's like a pseudo great detective yeah the fact that he's so fucking good it's almost uh coen brothers-esque yeah you know Mm -hmm. what i mean he just has that natural premonition of like asking the right questions or like seeing the right details you know and i loved that i think that's kind of the shine so you know secretly (laughs) enough like we do have a character that has a little stephen king in him because he just has that like sixth sense of being able to like oh solve the crime it's all coming together oh my god um, oh my gosh. Do you do you need to take a quick break? No, I'm fine. Okay. Um, so, do you guys want to rate this bad boy? Let's rate it up. Mm, no. At this rate, yeah, we no, need I'm, to. I'm down. I'm ready. I think I can. I, I'll go ahead and volunteer first. Blow um, your load. I'm gonna blow it all over the place. Oh, you just had to say. We hadn't said it. We need to get there. Uh, Shrek. <laughs> I liked the pig. Akira. I liked the. Gosh, you, I hate you. I liked the pig in the movie. He was kind of like Donkey from Shrek. You know. He Misery. reminded me of Tetsuo from Akira. It was a beautiful Duroc. I was pig. hoping that um, when when uh, fuck Shrek. Wilkes uh-huh. read the book where Misery dies in there, I was hoping she would kill the pig because it's named misery and be like is this what you wanted time out oh, shit. we never even talked about the horrible makeup artist scene we, oh. <laughs> we didn't well, even yeah. get to it <laughs> what was that what happened so we see a dummy instead okay, of Kathy yeah. Bates hit the fucking typewriter I thought it looked good so yeah hell. Paul kills Kathy or Paul kills Ooh. uh you can't oh, prove that. Paul kills Kathy. <laughs> you, can't, you can't kill. You, you can't prove Paul that. Paul kills Annie Wilkes. Yes. I didn't do that. Um, using primarily the typewriter to mm-hmm. bang her over mm-hmm. a couple of A little times. bit of fire. Yeah, a little bit of fire. A little bit of Monica. Um, what is the final 
Oh, it's the stone pig. That yeah, he gets used... like a stone pig, which it's, is... it's like a doorstop. Which I was yeah. surprised isn't like a more iconic Piece. thing. I was like interested. I was like, dang, that's what he like finishes her off with. But I feel like that's something that's never been like promoted with the movie or anything. And I'm surprised it hasn't. Like that would be yeah. like, you know, just like a stone pig is such a kind of perfect symbol for that movie mm-hmm. in a weird way. You know, that just says misery above it. I want that T-shirt. Yeah. I want the stone pig, frankly, right? for my office. I'm going to look it for it. I'm going to look up stone pig. Misery. And hope I find something good. Yeah, yeah. me too. Instead of just like a pig think, with red I eyes. I think the issue with the dummy was that it was like, the, I don't know, it was the complete wrong color, right? Yeah. What what I don't understand is why not show it from behind or from a different angle Instead of showing where you the don't face. see literally the obvious not face of Kathy Bates. I mean, it probably looked great when it came out. You know what I mean? Because we have so much to compare it to. Yeah. Mentally. That's true. So, I mean, when it came out, it was spot on, probably. Yeah, but I see that and I'm like, oh, that looks otherworldly. That yeah. doesn't even look human to me. Dude, was she I an looked alien up, the whole time? <laughs> I looked up stone pig and I really want one. And there's just a bunch of little pigs. <laughs> what, what it was just a stoned pig? It was just like 420 pigs. <laughs> That's what I said earlier. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like these cute little pig statues. Dang, I own several. I'm not going to lie. They're around here somewhere. I think they're all over there. Okay. Like you can kind of see one yeah, up you, on that very top little shelf. One. Um, yeah, the pig's name is Misery. The movie ends with him uh, with a walking cane meeting his publisher. They published his book. What was it end up being called? I don't remember what the fi- the newer book is called. Because in the book, it was definitively already named Fast Cars. Um, and so it doesn't even be, it's not even named that in the end of this movie. No, so it's something it's, different. It's interesting that but- they left it unnamed and then didn't even fucking name it the right name. Um, um, but I liked that he like kind of admits that that whole experience basically motivated him to go and write his best book ever. And it's like, mm-hmm. isn't that kind of what would happen? You know, it's like, yeah. you know, they argue that tragedy and, you know, is what makes the best writers and creators. So yeah. I have to believe that going through something that traumatic and would be fucking the best, you know, the best thing for you to have like the a slew of stories to tell, you know, if not that specific one. Yeah. You know? Um, but yeah, so he, he sees Kathy yeah, one last time every, he sees her every now and then yeah. essentially. Well, that's the thing. So now he's triggered by the sentence. I'm your number one, one fan. fan, dude. And he's just thought, yeah, okay. Do yeah. you can see it in his face? Do you think it's, it's a little so Stockholm good. syndrome though? Like he, like at the end of the day, like misses Annie in like a weird way. And that's why he kind of sees her in other people. Or you think it's honestly like fear like it's like a fear i don't think it's It's like seeing your demons and others i don't think it's even that i think it's just the fact that he can't trust anyone ever again Mm -hmm. because he was very trustworthy of her the very first moment mm -hmm. he woke up i think it's yeah i think it's like she she could be anyone like anyone could be just like her yeah you know that's what it's so that's what he's more like just it's he's always on guard Damn, I have one more thing I want to talk about that we jumped right over, which was the fucking dinner scene where he spikes her wine and then she fucking spills it. So sad. Do y'all think it? I was kind of half convinced it was was like intentional. Yeah, I don't think it was. You don't think so? It's just genuinely. I think it was just another strike to to Paul's efforts. Yeah. So I was really blown. Like that whole scene was so well done, and where Mm. that happens, you're just like fuck yeah. that was like days and days of work to collect enough pills to pour into her cup to try to knock her out you think out. it would have just killed her or just knocked her out it's a good question and what would he even have done it's not like he could drive really and she doesn't have a phone that works we see oh, there yeah, it's hollowed out that's right so what the, what the fuck would he have even done if she did just eventually regain consciousness would he have what, like tied what? her up somehow or like found a weapon or like i really didn't just killed her you know right. like what would he have done that's a good call that's that's hard to say because he's yeah. immobile exactly. practically, and um, there's a good portion of the house he probably can't even go through. Yeah, yeah, I think there's even like steps to get out of the house. It's not even mm-hmm. like he could leave easily in the snow. Man, that sucks. Yeah, because that's that's a half baked plan. That's why giving him <laughs> two totally fucked legs is like a perfect way to be like, yeah, man, you're trapped for good. Um, did that was after the fact where she was like if i die yeah you, you die, die. Yeah, yeah so fuck yeah he he was he was fucked regardless um yeah i mean i'm going to go ahead and rate this movie i'm giving it a 4 flat 4 ooh i think it's brilliant i think it's great i don't 
think it entirely stands up the way that you know i would hope it does um and and it's only because of effects wise acting wise and cinematography wise it's acting wise more so yeah it's fucking great mm-hmm. um, no i think even the cinematography could be a little bit Mm-hmm. you know a more, more exciting more, more exciting or dynamic you know, they had obviously these beautiful landscapes that they were working in in colorado yeah. it's like let's have some fucking some shots you know like, yeah really get me going but um if you ask a person like what is a good movie this is by far the definition um and i think that that's something that is good with rob reiner is that he is just good at crafting a good movie and it's not like exceptional you know, and so I, I think a four stands pretty well, especially mm-hmm. compared to, you know, some of my standard ratings. No, absolutely. I think I'm going to go right hand in hand with you there and give it a 4.0 because, yeah, I was going to give it somewhere in the fours anyway. But I think you're kind of right. That's it's like an A-list movie, but just right there at yeah. the end of the day. And it's the performances that truly carry it over the predominant mm-hmm. of those main three. Um, but I mean, that's, that's something to give it the watch for, for yeah. every single reason. You know, you want to see some of the strongest acting coming out of the nineties, go check out these freaking crazy fools in misery, you know, mm-hmm. cause it's honestly phenomenal for that reason alone. It's so good. Um, I'm actually going to give this a 4.3. Hell yeah. So this movie has nothing to do with the effects and cinematography and to me this movie has everything to do with the main two characters that's fair and the fact that these actors hit this fucking ball right out of the park with this it's just it's really hard to argue that a bad shot of a dummy ruins the score for me you know it's really hard for me to say like there should have been better shots because the the movie to me was about essentially a paul sheldon's character arc you know and it, it just focuses on him and him going through some crazy shit and they they hit everything they wanted to hit and needed to hit in this movie to make it a great fucking movie and it's even better than that yeah. So I'll, I'll give it a 4.3. I'm not going to fault it on any of its, um, you know, uh, lacking, just lacking of effects of modern, or something like that. Modernity or yeah. whatever. Like yeah. Like I think this movie is pretty damn perfect the way it is. And I would recommend this to anybody and almost anybody can watch it and enjoy it. I think it's interesting that you say it that way. Because mm-hmm. if someone were to tell me, hey, they're re- remaking Misery... I'd be like, oh, interesting. I will be very excited to see what they do. Mm-hmm. Though, I think Kathy Bates is a perfect encapsulation of this character. If someone told me they were remaking The Green Mile, I'd be like, no, they shouldn't. <laughs> but then I think about Tom Hanks, and I'm like, he's great in it. But what if someone else were to play that part? So it's weird that these movies kind mm-hmm. of exist in this kind of weird parallel of yeah, each other. Yeah, that's interesting. And like to once again, you know, I, Castle Rock isn't necessarily them remaking Misery, right. but you know, revisiting the character, and they're very different entities from each other because that show leans way more into the fucking crazy Stephen yeah. King elements of all of it. Um, but if they were going to remake it, I would hope that Lizzie Kaplan would get the chance oh. because honestly, it, she really did mm-hmm. shine as that kind of like stale faced. Yeah, you know, happy, overly happy. Hey, don't cuss, kind of person, and the psycho yeah. killer. You know. Uh, screaming at every one person as well so that I would be that, my casting if they did get decide to go full throttle on a new these, misery these were um like most of the stephen king ones except for the more recent the it movies were straight to tv right no so no? This, these all the ones that we're doing here Hit were the theaters, theaters. Yeah. oh okay so there was only a few that went to tv first they did a salem's lot they did it they did pet cemetery um, Oh, Pet Cemetery is a, a TV There is version? a TV Pet Cemetery. Okay. There was, there's that, a lot. That's been made like four times. Is the there's thing. even The Stand, even previous mm-hmm. to what CBS is, CBS All Access is doing now. So, yeah, they, they did do a lot of TV adaptations, mm-hmm. but all the ones that we're covering here were theatrical. Okay. Yeah. I got you. Um, but, yeah, wonderful. Right. There it is. Um, wonderful. Misery. Next week, we will be talking about Stand By Me. Me? 
uh, uh, there might be a character named Paul in that we're, movie. <laughs> we're sticking with Rob Reiner, Stephen yes. King movies. <laughs> yes. So spoiler has been alerted. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, that yeah. So stand by me, Rob Reiner, nineteen eighty six. That one's River Phoenix, Corey mm. Feldman. Um, all the good boys. So this is another one of those movies that everyone says is one of the best of the best. So yeah. It not, you know, and like you said, uh, you know, off cast, we're kind of starting to learn that it's these uh, iconic, or was that even on cast? It was, it was on, yeah. Here, we were talking about it on here. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, that these more older iconic movies they, are they as good as reason. they stand up. Yeah. And that's, so let's stand by them <laughs> next week, you know, <laughs> and see how we feel. So yeah. uh, we'll uh, see y'all then. No, or... not yet. Uh, follow Time us out. on Instagram. Oh, yeah, we got to do all that. Uh, follow Plug us on us. Instagram. That's in the show notes below. Uh, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere that has our podcast. If you guys are listening to this anywhere yeah. that has a rating system, please give us rate that shit. something. Uh, but on Apple Podcasts, if you give us a five-star rating, we will read your review on air. Um, granted, that's probably not uh, – that's probably just until like the end of year 2022 because I don't know how much longer we'll be doing it after this and what our fan base will be like and how many five-stars we'll have. But uh, <laughs> We'll see. We can't do it forever. <laughs> Honestly – I'll still read your your <laughs> review. Okay. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Thank you all so much. Uh, Come back next week. Stand with us next week. We'll see you then. We'll see you on another time. Bye, guys. So long. Leave me alone. Go, 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 go.